Hi, welcome to the DC Yoga Podcast. My name is Kim Weeks. I'm a local teacher and a wellness professional sitting in for Chris Parkinson, who's the founder of the DC Yoga Podcast, who brings in um, lots of different people from different backgrounds of yoga in the DC area to talk about their life, love, and experiences with yoga. We're here at the Hyrick House. Um, thank goodness for Heartcast Media and the Panama with no adjective in front of her name, who we love, who's the sound engineer. And so um, without further ado, I'm here with Shaban Troy, a longtime yoga teacher, and, and many people know her as teacher manager in the area, formerly Tranquil Space, which has now turned to Yoga Works, into Yoga Works. She teaches adults and toddlers, is an ERYT 500 trained teacher with Yoga Alliance, along with a certified education provider through the organization. And um, uniquely, she teaches people to teach toddlers how to do yoga, which is super cool. And we realized, Shaban, before the podcast started that we first met when you did your teacher training with Helen Garabidian of Tots and Tights Yoga? Uh, she, itsy Bitsy. Itsy Bitsy Yoga. What a, such a great name. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll get there. We can certainly talk about that first. But of course, um, this program has learned um, that the best first conversation for anybody on your side of the table is, tell me about your first yoga class, your first yoga experience. Well, it was back in 2001. So the yoga scene in DC was very different. It was a lot smaller. Um, and basically the choices were... 19 years ago. Yeah, Unity Woods yeah. Or, and Willow Street Yoga yeah, and... Right. One other one, and then Tranquil Space mm -hmm. that I happened to find. Mm -hmm. And my now husband, was boyfriend then, had, was having has back issues, and so his doctor had recommended yoga. So I being the person that I am, I was like, great, I've always wanted to check out yoga. Let's find a class. And called the phone, because, you know, back then, not a lot of information on the websites. I found my first limited. yoga class from the yellow page, like yeah, the yeah. literal yellow pages. Yeah. Page. Yeah. yeah, so I called the phone. Kimberly happened to answer the phone, which right. we jokingly for years called the Tranquil Space World Headquarters, which was her living room. Yeah, right. For many years. And uh, asked her questions and then went to the church at 16th Street where she was holding classes. So she'd already moved from her, her living room. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you went to the church. I went to the church. It's cool. on 16th Street. Yeah. yeah. And was my, it always in that really big, pretty room? It was in that big, pretty room. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was great. Except for, you know, you had mosquitoes biting you during Shavasana because there was no AC. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, beautiful windows, though. Beautiful yeah. space. Yeah. And so point. we started there. And that was, I just remember one of the things that I always still striking to me after all these years is remembering how much my arms were shaking in downward facing dog. Oh, really? That's yeah, that was, that was what struck me. It was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, and you. So, is it in the pose, or are they just like shaking after, or just no? All while in it, like yeah. while in it, holding it. And I yeah. always think about that anytime I've got any new students. It's right, like, right. Don't try and hold it for a really long. Right. Time. How not? How not to <laughs> shake the arms in down dog by yeah. Siobhan. And so, so, what happened after that? So you started. So you were. It sounds like you were hooked from the beginning. It wasn't a wending path. You just knew. What happened to your husband? Did he? He, we practiced together. We went there. Uh, cool. Danielle Poland, yeah. who teaches yeah. with us too, um, used to jokingly say we were the do-rag group because we always had uh, bandanas on our head. Oh, yeah. We went to go teach because my husband had long hair at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to be at the back of the room. 
And then, too, of course, the schedule was very limited. So it yeah. was like class was only Monday and Tuesday nights. And Kim was the only teacher. Uh, she had a couple other ones. A couple others. She had a couple other people Was it that her. woman, Allison, the one who moved to to um, Colorado, maybe? I don't remember. Oh, I oh no, remember. you're thinking Lisa. Lisa, Lisa yes. Richards. Yes, Lisa yeah. Richards. Yeah, she, was, she taught. Andrea was another teacher. Uh-huh. Um, and Paula Atkinson, who I think yeah, is. Yeah, Paula. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So she taught too. Paula should come in and talk. And, <laughs> and Daniel, but anyway. So we had, you know, it was limited schedule, but we went because I was also a fundraiser. Oh, uh-huh. actually, it was my full time job. Yeah. So, so actually, right. So there's some couple spokes to this wheel because you're not only, you know, now a teacher, but also a yoga professional, which is one of the things I love most about you. How yeah. great you are at that. Um, but anyway, okay, right. So you took class a couple nights a week. Husband's still doing it. You're the do-rag group. You're starting clearly. Well, he doesn't anymore. Oh, doesn't Then anymore. we had children that entered the picture, but that yeah. comes later. I mean, it's so easy to do yoga with kids. Yeah. I do it every day. What? What? Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> My practice has never been better. Yeah. But it's uh, more present in the present moment. I know, isn't it's it? It's a training of that. I think about yoga in the kitchen all the time. I think about like how, like any action I take, like I've got to apply it somehow you know standing tall or whatever yeah, right breathing breathing seriously yeah yeah <laughs> I don't do any of that anymore either <laughs> only when I'm racing after them from like getting hit by a car or, um so yeah okay so you're doing it husband's still doing it at this point but a boyfriend and you're already mentioning people that are still around at yoga works yeah formerly tranquil space so I mean, was a community starting then were you feeling it oh even yeah then with Kim? yeah definitely were definitely mm-hmm. um certain group of people that were always in certain yeah. classes yeah. you could see them start to build and I guess it had maybe it been about a year taking mm-hmm. classes that I started just on my own kind of being curious of like well I wonder how Kimberly started teaching yeah and then literally after I started at literally walking home from class one night I mentioned it to Marco uh-huh. and he was like well maybe you should ask her and then she launched her first level one teacher training but like I was like the well day, this the is next destiny day. this right. is like meant to be I yeah. was curious and yeah she's now offering this yes so I did it that first year with um yeah, Danielle Poland and I were in the same group oh my gosh the first Teal, training group Carol Collins oh my gosh um so we jokingly or I jokingly always say that we kind of grew up together because we yeah I mean started together you did I mean half of your life yeah oh yeah right? yeah totally I mean you're most of your adult life yeah Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's so okay. So so you're learning. So how the training program was? Well, um, the way Trinkle Space did it was it was two levels. So there was like a one level that was thirty hours. Then yeah, then it became thirty three. The intro. Thing. Yeah, it was kind of an intro, kind of gave people so a taste. Smart, yeah, so smart. Um, without having to commit. And then mm-hmm. um, I actually started teaching with Kimberly that May. Mm-hmm. So God. I can't believe I'm saying this now, but with only like 30 hours of training. Yeah. Um, started teaching yoga yeah. and then she launched the level two yeah. the next spring yeah. that um, we were all in and some others. So Kevin Waldorf Cruz oh, was wow. in that group that we did the, all the level two together. Oh, cool. But I was already teaching. Yeah. Wow. And so. Um, Anybody else, Danielle or Carol, were they? Um, yeah. That D- Danielle and Anna and, and Carol, the four mm-hmm. of us all started teaching at the same hmm. time. And That's then great. we did the level two together. In the spring. So you guys were teaching and like growing up in the studio, learning the fundamentals of teaching. And so what? Yeah. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so you've gone from student to teacher. And um, what were the classes like then? How are they like? Do you want to talk about how what they were like then versus how they are now or what it yeah. was like to be part of it's, it? 
it's very different when I've led teacher trainings. Um, yeah. You know, I was a teacher trainer with Tranquil Springs. Well, I know we need to too. get there too. I'm, did I say that? I don't know. I wish I could That's edit okay. the beginning and say she's also a teacher trainer of adults. Yeah, shoot. So, edit, edit. no, it's okay. <laughs> um, we um, started in the teacher trainings. This, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That we were, I've always told people that when I started yeah. taking classes and teaching, everything was leveled. Yeah. So you right. went to a level one or a level two or a level three. Right. And then probably after teaching for, I would say, almost five years, mm. things started, these mixed level classes and yep. all level classes yep. started popping up everywhere. Right. And so we even started doing like the lunchtime class. Right. We went from having a 1030 level one right. and a noon level two or vice versa to having an all level lunch class. Yeah. And uh, that is something I wish I would love to go back to leveled classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those things yeah. as a teacher that so I would love to go yeah. back to yeah. a leveled class versus yeah. these mixed level classes. Right, right, right. But I've learned to adapt because yeah. you have to if right. you want to As keep we discussed, growing. you just yeah. do it. What we do you have? What we do we have say? discussed this. You just do it. You just, just figure out just how to make it, it out. Yeah, figure exactly. it out and yeah. make it work. Yeah. And yeah. figure out how to do it with your students that you have in front of you. Oh my gosh, every time. So... I've learned to do that, but I do think it's a disadvantage to have. All yeah, level what's classes. the disadvantage? Yeah, so let's talk about that. What 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 do you wish we could go back to, or what about the level? Yeah, all of it. What about the levels was great. What do you what what are you feeling nostalgia for, if that's what it is? Um, I don't know if it's nostalgia, except for clarity for students. Yeah, seriously. It's also that nostalgia for clarity <laughs> for students. I feel that. Yeah. I say that to students sometimes. If I were you, I'd be so overwhelmed with the choices. I mean, you don't even know what it is that yeah. you're getting, you know? Yeah. Anyway, go, go ahead. Yeah, well, because students, you know, when you're doing this weird movement of your body that you've, I mean, how many times do people go to down dog unless you're in a yoga class, like, or you've done yoga? Yeah, totally. And so you're asking people to go into these weird physical positions of their body, which are uncomfortable, which is part of the draw of yoga, is that right. it makes you uncomfortable. Right. But then you're seeing somebody next to you doing something that could be completely different because yeah. maybe they've been practicing for a while or maybe they actually don't know what they're doing either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're doing something and so then you're, these students are trying to mimic what they see. Yeah, right. And it's not always proper alignment or mm -hmm. in a way that's not safe for their body mm -hmm. because someone may adjusting for their mm -hmm. tweak or their mm -hmm. injury that they have. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, level classes make things a little bit clearer. They do. That you have everybody doing these things. Yeah. And obviously people would still modify and adjust. But yeah. Yeah, totally. It would be a little more clearer yeah. of what's expected in that class. Yeah. And yeah. the parameters to work with. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so now it's all, so, are you, but you, I see, are, don't you teach on the schedule a level What's your deal? There are gigantic classes on Monday. Oh, that's everyone a, register one. early if you're gonna go to her class. Um, the Monday five thirty is over full. Yeah, one two, which it's is more like of a two. I wouldn't call my class a beginner class. Yeah, well, one two, you know, denotes that there's something more it going should, on. Well, it should. <laughs> I know exactly, which is yeah. Yes, exactly. And then you have a two three after that, right? Yeah, I have a two three right after. Yeah, that. but 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 unfortunately, the kind of. Um, you know, random factor of what people think they're doing when they come in and where they've come from and what their expectation, all of that stuff is really hard to control. How have you learned to manage it then? Well, um, the, the fact that these things are, you're saying like they're leveled, but they kind of feel like all over the place, not so leveled. Yeah. 
it's it's offering a lot of options. Yeah. Which yeah. is why it gets very confusing yeah. for people that are newer to the practice. Yeah. It's, a lot. Yeah. yeah overwhelming it's like, for them. Do this mm. or this, and then fine tuning right. the right. the students that you know in class that have a more advanced practice yep. of going over specifically to them to say, right. you can do this. Yeah, right. Versus saying that right. to the whole classroom and giving right. it as an option to the whole right. classroom, but only giving it specifically to a couple of people. Right. And when I've, once again, led teacher trainings or mentored teachers, yeah. giving it, you know, some feedback, I always say that use Sanskrit because those that are newer students won't know what you mean. Totally. And so they won't follow along, right. <laughs> which is, I feel like is being sneaky, but it's like, right. so go into Kaundinyasana. Yeah. If you don't know what that is. Yeah, look around. Let's do this. Yeah, or teach them. Yeah, I, tell or them I how teach to do them it. a yeah. step of where or, to go right. next. Exactly. What is the Krama that they should go to as a right. beginner looking into that? So right. doing that, and yeah. it feels sneaky in some ways, but it's also, it's not meant to be sneaky. It's meant to keep people safe. Totally. And to let them explore right. in a way that'll be hopefully safer for them yeah. versus just trying to throw their body into this arm balancing pose that they really have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and, and you, so, you, so this is the advice you give to teacher trainees and stuff. So, and fellow teachers. And fellow teachers. Well, the thing is, I mean, everyone's always asking you for advice around yoga works. And so we could jump into you being this masterful teacher manager, but it's, well, I'm tempted to ask you what it's like teaching, like, man, you know, because I've been to your class a couple yeah. of times, once or twice at least in the last couple of years. And you're so masterful at managing the class and managing the experience, like managing the movements and all that stuff, which obviously you're saying or I'm hearing you say has come over years of like refinement you oh, know, yeah. of teaching because you're managing this sort of like level of classes turning into like, you know, multi-level classes, non-level classes. Yeah. Like, People are coming from goat yoga to do like <laughs> yoga with us or whatever. And so right. it's just who knows what people think is going to happen. So when you, when did you start to have this awareness of helping other teachers do this also? How, like, is that, was that a big part of the teacher training at Tranquil Space or did that, did you kind of come across that on your own? Oh, what you was your specialty when you were training? Is that one of them? You know what? Um, I think it just comes Management. from my, my, just my one, my personality. Yeah. Um, and two, I've mm. always been a manager and a trainer at every job I have ever done. So, um, so you're waiting tables. Time, I've yeah. always was the, one of the people that would train new wait staff. Mm -hmm. I was hostess and I trained people on mm. how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then um, in college, I was a student leader on campus at the mm -hmm. University of Texas where I went to school. Okay. And um, was on the student council there and yeah, yeah. like lead and right. guide the council and right. meet with professors. And so I just kind of naturally fall into that. Right. And so it's, it's just kind of a natural part of me that I'm a natural, I mean, you can I'm walk a into a room I and naturally take control teach. of it. Yeah. I naturally mm -hmm. yeah. have this inclination to teach mm -hmm. and want to see other people grow and right. want to see people learn that it, it's just, you know, right. It just comes about that. Right. So when you're starting this teacher training with Kim, how, how did she slot you? I feel like we may, uh, did we skip over? We kind of, we kind of jumped all over the place. Yeah. So bit. let's go back. Okay. Well, no. So you were, you were teaching and then you did her level two along with these guys with, you know, these other names we all know and love. And how long did that go on? Well, we probably, I think I, um, 
then Kimberly and I went in together and opened a studio in Bethesda. Right. Um, and that was in 2005. Mm -hmm. 2000 and maybe it was 2004. Blurs together. Yeah, exactly. Um, my daughter was born in 2006, so that's I mean, like my gauge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was before her. Before, right. <laughs> it was pre-my daughter. Right. Um, we opened a studio together in Bethesda, and in order to have teachers to teach there, I led a level one teacher training out in Bethesda. Oh, yeah, that's And good that was idea. my first foray sort of into it and mm -hmm. leading it. So your manager and the teacher trainer. Yeah, did that. And Whoa. then, um, you know, later on, Kevin took over running the teacher training program. Mm -hmm. And I was a part of it in different places. Because mm -hmm. actually, I remember leading parts of the level two when I was pregnant mm -hmm. with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And then through uh, Kevin and I, Kevin very much leading the ship, but like myself and Carol and Danielle mm -hmm. um, and Anna kind of all mm -hmm. saying, you know, we think this part, what we need to do differently is mm -hmm. here and mm -hmm. let's tweak this. Mm -hmm. And based on feedback from students or when I was presenting mm -hmm. the information, people had questions about this. Mm. So I think we need to, mm. we need to refine this piece and we need to do that. And so it was a big collaborative effort. That's great. Between all of us to figure out like what needed to change and grow in the teacher training right. program to meet with what we were seeing and right. what our knowledge as we right. kept teaching. What, what were you we seeing? Gained. Yeah, what did you what, what what did you how did it evolve or what what did you respond to and how did the refinement take place? Um it took place one getting more anatomy focused um part of it to also learning we all had our specialties so yeah that's what I'm curious anatomy about. is wasn't like I'm curious about anatomy but I'm not a big knowing every single muscle group right um it's not my strong point what I am strong point is is how the body moves right and I'm my eye is just tends to go to mm -hmm. what is not being engaged and what mm -hmm. is being engaged mm -hmm. and how people are physically moving their bodies mm -hmm. I can usually tell what's not being used mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and where they have maybe weakness or mm -hmm. little hyperflexibility. Mm -hmm. um, I just tend to know where the energy is and where mm -hmm. it should be. So I've kind of that tended to be my piece of mm -hmm. like as far as physical assists and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. sequencing a class mm -hmm. to really figure out like this is the movement and this right. is an intense movement. What is a good thing to do after that intense movement? Right, right. Who did so did you you you, you and I had this conversation a year or so ago. I think you were um, you were out in, in one of Yoga Works' places and either watching an audition or managing the teachers out there. One of the, I can't remember where it was, but you were talking about. Didn't you wind up leading a sequencing? Yeah, I did workshop out there. Workshop. Yeah, it was but, part of the three hundred hour at Trinkle Space that I've oh, done. But I let it out there in yeah, Fairfax. Fairfax, right? Because you were sort of noticing that there seemed to be a disconnect. Yeah, in connecting poses. Connecting poses. So, and, and so that's all. So how the body moves manifests into the poses and vice versa. And so as you, you know, I'm just sort of seeing if I can repeat back to you what I've heard. You started like refining your own skills in the teacher training, and it became about sequencing and seeing, sequencing, seeing, and touch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and like just that how to. How to sequence a vinyasa, because of course that's mm -hmm. what I teach. Yep. Um, how to sequence vinyasa that it's not um, so intense on people mm -hmm. that there's cramping that's happening, mm -hmm. that there's like mm -hmm. maybe not sharp pain, mm -hmm. but pain, discomfort mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. that's not 
a good pain. It's not like yeah. a good testing the edge. It's actually right. going past the edge. Right. That then people can actually get injured. Right. Oh, yeah. So, and even taking classes with teachers, mm -hmm. frequently, I, since I know my body and I know the movement, there mm -hmm. are times where I'm like, this is too much on one side. It's mm -hmm. too much in the hip. It's too much in the mm -hmm. on this one side. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try not to be rude about it, but try oh, to be yeah. subtle and change yeah. and go to the other side. Right, right. While I'm in other classes. But that's the sort of feedback I'll give to teachers. Mm -hmm. And I noticed while mm -hmm. taking classes and was very conscious about how long I was sequencing on one side yeah, and totally, how to change totally. things up so that right. Right. I don't... I tend to be known for my classes not being super easy, mm -hmm. but usually people leave feeling very balanced mm -hmm. because I might have challenged them, but it was like right. we did one intense side and then there's usually a counter movement. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just learn so much in your early teaching, right? I could remember yeah. watching one of my trainees years ago. You know, she, I mean, you know, she, she led the class beautifully. It was really nice. Boundless was still at that time, hewing a little bit more to a like flow style. There was mm -hmm. more flow. I mean, at least three sort of sun salutes with the laterals, standing poses and stuff. You know, yeah. always coming back to the lunge, always coming back to the, what did I call it in the beginning of the vinyasa? Do you call it, do, you, do we all still call it just the vinyasa? Like chaturanga, I know up, a down, lot of down, people down, do, but I try you not don't? to do that. Oh yeah, why not? Because it's just become so synonymous that I don't, it doesn't really describe well, yeah, that's what's, true. Really, yeah. what's really supposed to be happening. Supposed to be happening. That's right. That's right. It was my way of just kind of saying, I, you do you. I know a lot of everybody, you guys really want to come into Chaturanga, Up Dog, Down Dog, but I'm getting you there a little more directly. But if you want to do that, then I'm going to call it. Yeah. I, I never said I'm going to call that the vinyasa, but no, I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but this teacher was, you know, teaching the class. And at the end of it, she had taught so much flexion. You know, mm. that there had there was really no like front body opening at the yeah. end. And it was so interesting because the class was otherwise so good. But I know that the students walked away feeling a little bit like cramped and short in the front because yeah. they didn't have that balance. Did you find that, too, when you were in your own teaching and training, just how it is that the movements become like more universal, more global or more balanced, just front, back, side, side, right? Well, it was from my own practice and taking classes, but yeah. also watching students in class yeah. and watching where their body wanted to go next. Mm, isn't that fun? So, That's the best part about practice. Yeah. So being like, oh, you know what? We just did that. And now I see multiple people coming to half Hanumanasana, you know, Arda Hanumanasana. Right. And I'm like, okay, clearly. Right after that sort of movement, right. something needs to be done to straighten the leg to get out of the quadriceps a little bit. Right. And, or exactly. something like that. You know, exactly. it's just an example off the top of the head. Is that right. observing how people were fidgeting after mm -hmm. or needing to move their bodies mm -hmm. and then me starting to sequence that sort of movement after mm -hmm. certain poses. Mm -hmm. totally. And as teachers, it's like get, knowing like which poses, like yeah. high lunge right. isn't, Pretty heated, intense pose for a lot of people. Totally. And, you know, I'm one of those teachers that doesn't feel it's the best one for beginners, yeah. especially not to hold them there long. Yeah. And then right. more intermediate students, yeah, you can hold them, but you got to figure out what you do next. Right, right, right. After it. Right. So that cramping doesn't start happening. Right. Or they start to get into bad alignment because they're tired. Yeah, exactly. The heating has to have some cooling, the work, some rest, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. So I, this question keeps co it's coming up for me, but I, I don't know that it's exactly like what you know you're talking about in terms. I mean, I'm so interested in. I mean, 
for everybody to understand the number of you know levels that you Shaban have Shavon <laughs> Shavon have gone have been in in this industry is pretty amazing. So you're forever a student, obviously, yes. right? Yep. And then you quickly became a teacher, and then you became a trainer, and then you opened up a studio with Kim. So you're a co-owner, I guess. Yes. Yeah, we were business partners. Business yeah. partners. In I mean, with Facebook Custom. Yeah, that's no joke to go into partnership with somebody. And then you became the teacher manager of like 150 nearly feral cats. <laughs> <laughs> In the Yoga Works family, (laughs) you know, between what was originally, help me remember now, Bethesda, um, Fairfax. Well, there was Arlington. Arlington. Oh, oh, no, no. Okay. The original purchase. Yoga. Right. So, yeah, there was Triangle Space that was Arlington and DuPont. Mm -hmm. Then there was the Alexandria Studio. Mm -hmm. Then Fairfax and Bethesda. Fairfax and Bethesda. And then the the sort of, you know, RIP 14th Street. Yeah. Shout out to that yeah. ugly stepchild. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, we were more of a runt, weren't we? we I were think a, little, a runt might be yeah, a better. Yeah, ugly stepchild was maybe another studio yet to be on air, to, re- <laughs> to remain unnamed. But more, we were more of a runt. We just didn't get any, the original nourishment that we really needed. It was like yeah. my stray dog when we yeah. found him. He was starving. So we were Aww. a little bit. Yeah, I know. But he's good now. Don't you have a dog? Oh, yeah, I have. We've mm-hmm. discussed dogs. Did I show yep. you pictures of mine? N- I don't. Yeah, afterward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, not no, to not to co-op. Yeah, the seven sixteen-year-old cat. Too. Oh, both. That's so. it's kind of the best to have the balance, right? Yep. So it anyway, is. back to the amazing you and all these levels. Here you are on all. I mean, you've seen basically every side of the business, and so you know. Of course, I'm always interested and tempted to go there, but my mind goes to when I subbed a class at. Um, Yoga Works, which had really very months before been Tranquil Space. And so, as we know, the Tranquil Space legacy and culture lives on. Yes. And when I was teaching it, there were co- it was Kevin's class. There were a couple of assistants. And the assistants walked through the class and were one student at a time. And when I took your class, it was the same. You were methodically going through the class and adjusting everybody one by one. And if I remember correctly, in both cases, in your case, I think you came to us, each of us twice. But in this case, I think the assistants ran through the rows like once. I can't remember. I'm so interested in that evolution because that's really, um, that's that's tranquil space. That's part of the brand. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So tell me about that, the adjusting and how that came about. Because surely you were part of it since you were specialising in this, um, look, what did I say we were saying? Sequencing. Yeah. Sequencing, seeing, and and assisting or touching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah, Kimberly had gone to some trainings and Mm. uh, wanted to incorporate that. So her thing with uh, when we all did our, the very first. The very first. Oh, so this was early on. Yeah. It was all part that we had to teach 75% off the mat. Yeah. That's how she Uh, talked about it. Oh, good. Um, Was not not staying on the mat to teach, but moving around the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And doing a then over time, that just came more and more. So for me, it was kind of a, a requirement, so to speak, mm-hmm. to be doing that right from the get-go. Mm. So I have done it all 17 and a half years of teaching. So it's very hard for me not mm-hmm. to assist yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in classes. Mm-hmm. Um, when people don't want to be touched, it, it, I have to keep reminding myself mentally in my head, don't touch them, don't yeah. touch them. Don't How often them. does it happen for, do you see that a lot? Not really Not often, often yeah. literally. Yeah, same. Like I had a student this week who didn't want physical really? touch and I the chip? can't remember, rem, no, told no chip. me. Yeah. Um, 
I can't recall the last time yeah. I had a student. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, had, I had one at 14th in the entire time I was there. Yeah. One. So, I mean, it does happen, but, mm -hmm. um, and so I just, you know, try to remember that when they do, but it yeah. doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. But, and so it's just always been a part of my teaching, mm -hmm. and over the years, uh, all of us, because once again, we always had mentors, so we had little mm -hmm. mentoring circles, mm -hmm. so the bigger, larger group got broken up into smaller groups, mm -hmm. so even though I would only lead maybe two or three sessions of the mm -hmm. actual teacher training mm -hmm. sections, mm -hmm. I was usually a mentor, at least in the mm -hmm. fall or the spring, so I would have a group of anywhere from five to ten that were in the training group right. and work with them in smaller groups on their assisting, on their teaching and give them feedback. And um, so it was a lot of mentoring throughout their whole. It's amazing. Um, and you watched a lot of classes. I yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so working with them on their hands on assists. So it was a lot of, and then that's what we used to have is they would then assist teachers in class so they could get the practical experience yeah. under the watching eye of someone so totally. while they did that, I would then walk up to them and then show them where to put their hands right. um, or give them feedback afterwards of what I observed, of what they were doing. And it's great. So, and so two questions come to mind in that, like, you know, majority of, you know, people we're training are women. And I was just in, in a, you know, a teacher training meeting earlier today talking about one adjustment that I've learned over the years that I, I think that, well... You just learn to use your hips as a woman because you can be so much stronger with that. Did you ever address that kind of thing? Like what could hurt you as a teacher adjusting, oh, especially yeah. a woman teacher adjusting? Like I remember there was years when my left elbow to my left wrist was just like constantly kind of in pain because oh. I was reaching in and pulling or pushing or, you know, something, you know, where it just yeah. was this little repetitive stress issue that I had to figure out. And I was like, ugh, I can't hurt myself when I'm adjusting. Yeah. Did you find that? Oh, no. I always talk to people about using their body weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Versus using just the pulling and pushing. Yeah, exactly. So the body it's, weight. you've got to like kind of lean in yeah, bend, with right. your body weight. Body, right. you got to squat. Yep, right. you got to get out of the lower back. And I right. um, used right. always the example of when, after I had my daughter, yep. um, I was out for about eight weeks and then I went back to teaching. Yeah. Um, and when I went back to teaching after not teaching, because I taught up until about a week before I gave birth. Yeah, same so, Yeah, so it was only like nine weeks off of teaching. Right. And went back to teaching, and after the first night, I was like, oh, my God, my quads are so sore. Oh, were they? And then I was yeah. like, oh, well, at least I know I was assisting correctly. Yeah. Oh, right, because... Because <laughs> I hadn't been for two months. That's And so then going back, cool. I was like, oh, my quads and my hips are really sore. And I was like, well, at least I know I was doing it right yeah. to protect my back. That's so cool. So I usually would always tell teachers that are once you start assisting right if your lower back is hurting you're not doing it right you need to look at your own body mechanics and but if your quads are sore yeah that's probably prob that's right. a good sign yeah but i was just telling students today like stuff all attention in your quads they can take it <laughs> they want it <laughs> yeah so that's so so the second question thing i was thinking with regard to the assistant stuff and the touching is because as I have gotten, you know, I mean, I don't know that much about, you know, all the studios around, but I've been teaching as long as you have and, mm -hmm. you know, been a bunch of different places. And, you know, there's some schools, there's some places where people just aren't touching anymore at all. Yeah. They're just talking. And, you know, this is in response to I mean, combination, I think, of what do you think it is? It like, is. I think what's changed is what I really want to ask you. Yeah, I think uh, the whole Me Too movement. Yeah. Was a big part of it. Um, Carol Collins and I actually recently 
had a, like a just a little email exchange about it Good. because of course we started at the same time and yeah. did lots of assists. And I will admit I, I'm very hands-on assists, but I do know that my assists have changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. One I do, and naturally just what happened is I looked more in the energy and trying to get people to yeah. move their own energy and move their own totally. muscles and give them more directive versus when I, early on I did more of the physically moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just maturity for me yeah. was less of that, right. even though I still do some of it, but right. it's more of, I'm more in tune with the student's body that I know, mm -hmm. oh, I need to stop here. Mm -hmm. oh, I can go deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. I just, there's, I can just, I can read it. Right. Right. And, but with the whole Me Too movement, it has been, and just us becoming, when we became Yoga Works, it was just even remembering to say at the beginning of class, to ask for permission or yeah, to let people know exactly. they can let me know. That's totally. still, I still forget that sometimes after centering people start moving, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot to say it. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I have to say it and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then I'm thinking, how many people in here that don't know me are like, why the hell is she walking around I touching know. me? No, <laughs> totally. I have the same experience. Exactly. So that's yeah. been a real change, but I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because I want to, you know, I do come from sometimes I'm like, well, you know, oh, you don't want to cis. Oh. Yeah, right. but I'm starting to realize. Okay, <laughs> that's that's my own ego. It is, isn't it though? That's my own ego that yeah, I need to let go of totally. because it's. I relate it when I have had to think about it actually as teaching toddlers. Yeah. Oh, right. We haven't even gotten there. So yet. because yeah. I'm very big on, and my parents, even though they're of a diff, totally different generation. Yeah. Um. You know, my dad is 89. He'll be 90 this year. My mother is 83. She'll be 84. So they're of the generation that usually like kids were forced to go kiss, hug relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my dad has always been the one of like, no, they don't have to if they don't want to. Wow, that's so cool. And yeah, always been like, Forward you don't go up to children. Yeah. You yeah. let the children come to you. Also yeah. with dogs and cats, funny enough. I know. He's like, you always let animals come to you. You don't go to them. Mm -hmm. And... So just that toddlers, you want to let them come to you. And I teach several toddler classes, not just at Yoga Works, but at a daycare center and someplace mm. else. And it's always You're up to the everywhere. children. You're like an octopus. <laughs> I don't know how you manage 150 teachers and also teach outside. How you teach it all. I see like, wait, did she teach this morning at 7, 8? Oh, my God. Like, I don't even know how you yeah. do it. Okay. So... Um, I, I just, it's always up to the children if they want to give me a high five and yeah. if they want to give me a hug. Yeah. And I consider it a big compliment yeah. if a toddler decides that they want to come hold my hand. Like yeah. I feel like that's huge mm -hmm. that um, they, they feel you. that they trust me. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's got to be on their terms. 
And so I'm starting to realize, I'm like, why is it that I'm okay with the toddlers doing that? But then when people come to my adult classes, mm-hmm. I'm getting this attitude if they don't want physical assists. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's their body. I need to honor that, just like I honor the toddlers. Totally. totally. So That's so cool. It's, it's, you know, it's, as we said, we're always a student. So there's always something mm-hmm. new to learn oh God, and grow awesome. yeah. and figure out and morph. I mean, really, as you've seen, the yoga scene has changed that but you've got to be willing to move along with it. Right. Right. Cuz you like right cuz you're not going to change it. Yeah, or you're you, going to you're going to bang yourself against the head I against know. the wall for no reason. Oh, oh my so god, totally. Totally. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> so you so so yeah, to not to put a fine point on it, but it's like, you know, you 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 read the room, you know, like writ large. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like from the small, from the micro to the macro, Siobhan reads the room. I think that's really yeah. cool. And that must be, I mean, I almost want to ask you about the joy of teaching because there aren't many of us still doing it, right? Like who started when we did. Yeah. And in thinking about who I wanted to talk to on this podcast as Chris, you know, takes a you know, brief break, um, you of course were one of the first people that came to mind because you're still because sta- you're still standing, <laughs> you know, just like so. Let's talk about the art of teaching over these years, and you know, me too. Obviously, a big change, but the yoga market has changed a lot. And my goodness, you have been part of a community that is really having to open up to the free market. I mean, not that it wasn't already, but at least to the West Coast, at least to a different brand yeah, and a different everything. So yeah. I'm asking a lot of questions at, one, at once, actually, to the point of, or to talk further about how things have changed and moving along with it as it's changed. So what do you see? What are you... Um, read the room for us, Siobhan. <laughs> read it. Tell us. I, I think there's a, a lot. Of, I mean, there's still people want a connection. Um, and I've come to learn that it doesn't necessarily matter what the name is outside. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as there are teachers that are teaching with integrity mm-hmm. and using their own voice mm-hmm. and honesty. One of the things that I do think is unfortunate in teaching and people going through teacher trainings is, and I encourage everybody that listens to ask yourself, are you teaching or are you listening to your own voice? Yeah. Leading a class. Cause I know sometimes when I'm in classes, I'm like, I don't really know what they're teaching here. Like, what is it Mm -hmm. that either a peak pose that I'm moving to, Mm -hmm. or what is your theme that you're weaving through? Mm -hmm. Or what is it you're hoping people will achieve or Mm -hmm. come out of leaving your class? And I'm not talking about perfecting like a headstand or handstand or anything like that, but um, what, I, yeah. I feel <laughs> no such thing. I mean, the, the, you know, no, that's not, even a constant process. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. So I, I just, I, I feel like one big thing that I feel that has changed mm-hmm. and I can usually tell when someone is teaching how long they've been teaching mm. because they really work to teach and to teach like what is warrior one and what does it mean in their bodies mm-hmm. versus warrior one, humble warrior, mm-hmm. open out this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. go to this. And yeah, okay, the, the vinyasa flow I love, mm-hmm. but you can still, for years I always hear from people, oh, well, vinyasa is not about alignment. And I'm like, really? I don't believe that mm. because that's not what I teach. Right. I still teach vinyasa. Right. 
and there's still alignment in it. Yeah, it has oh, it has driven me crazy over the years to oppose those two. Why they're not? Why why, why would they? Be, yeah. yeah, they're not oppositional. No, no, but uh, yeah, we've that's we've, a, part two of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> when Siobhan's other tentacle comes in, <laughs> the octopi that is Siobhan. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so not opposition. So that's that's one thing that like yeah. I just feel like there are a group of teachers yeah. that actually are teaching because they want to teach because right. they want to instill the um the yamas the yamas the mm-hmm. whether the philosophical end mm-hmm. the physical end the benefits of that the meditation the mm-hmm. pranayama work mm-hmm. and then there are people that are doing it because they love the way it feels yeah but they not necessarily putting the work into mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is going to cause a huge uproar saying, but and they don't want to put the work into figuring out how to intelligently yeah. sequence a class, how right. to intelligently guide their class through safely through these movements right. versus creating a, a dance, yeah. which is, I, I think, has happened. I've seen it mm-hmm. in places. And then mm-hmm. like tap into your teacher. Like what is it that you right. have learned from it? Right. And what do you have to share? Yeah, I mean, it's, God, it comes so much to, be to your practice, right? Like, what's your learning on your own mat and what you can be truthful about? I think that's the thing I try yeah, to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, just truthful about yourself, your own limitations, everything. I mean, you have to put up, you know, again, it's the control the room piece. Um, but anyway, I, anyway, that it, it makes me think of, of, of a lot of different things. And I think, you know, God bless the RYT 200s. Because that is such a, I mean, that's not enough time to get yourself into a class for most people to really be able to accomplish like what you've just described. Yeah, no, it you is know, a lot. Which is to speak so authentically from your experience when your experience kind of runs dry after a little bit of time because suddenly you're looking at somebody who has this shape or this presentation, this injury yeah, yeah, that you don't know anything about. After my very first yoga class, I like ran home and was like, what is sciatica? You know, because <laughs> like, somebody had it. I was like, oh God, you know? So it's that kind of thing. I yeah. mean, how do we solve for that, do you think? I mean, here you are managing all these people. You're so good at it. I mean, it, you're very sweet. Oh my gosh. But I mean, I could talk about how good you are at managing teacher. I mean, that's, it's not boring at all to me. I don't want anybody else to be bored, but how could they? When you talk, it's so interesting. Um, but how do you do it? I mean, do you have the power at Yoga Works to like make that assessment? Like this teacher is not, well, you're my boss. So, uh, should I, (laughs) (laughs) I'm set, Kim, don't set yourself up for fail. Kim, be cool. Be cool. (laughs) But like, do you have the ability? How how does, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you, you know, sort of deal with that inside yourself as this teacher yourself, a trainer, a teacher manager, you've got all these teachers and all these communities that you're responsible for. Well, I think, um, for other teachers, it, it goes to, yeah, I'm the manager, and I guess technically, yes, I can fire somebody or like write them up. And yeah, like do that no, sort of I feel thing. bad. I don't mean like, to go take it that way, but, but I'm um, just wondering about this integrity issue. Yeah, you know? well, you know, I had it as Trinkle Space because I was a teacher manager for Trinkle Space too. Yeah, so, right. um, it's always come down to, I, I do look at this as me also as a teacher, even though you know there's that manager role mm-hmm. that I want to see a teacher, and if they're in a slot, and I do look at like what their class is, what feedback, mm-hmm. so that I know where they need to grow, what were maybe some areas they need to work on. Mm-hmm. 
And it's also figuring out with some teachers, as long as they're not being, you know, obviously belligerent in class and like, you know, <laughs> right, exactly. things like that. The outliers. Yeah. Right. So as long as they're sort of teaching with some integrity and safety, that then looking at, you know, if something's not successful where they're at, I mean, there are some teachers, um, we recently had a teacher meeting. You weren't at that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, you're I'm coming. Yeah, one. I, yeah, I need to go to. So, but I talked about that. I teach the 7 a.m. Wednesday mornings yeah. at DuPont, and I tried to teach a Monday morning at 14th Street when it was open. Right. And I realized very early that my energy is not good on a Monday morning for people. Oh. Oh, I'm wow. a little too intense Monday oh. morning. <laughs> That's so interesting. For people. Yeah. I am just, my pract- my the way I teach, yeah. the way I sequence is just a little too intense. That's so interesting. So it was like, I'm not the best person on Monday morning hmm. for people at 7 a.m. So <laughs> I love that. So I, mean, I realized honesty, that, yeah. and I realized also of managing teachers is that some teachers don't do well at seven p.m. when it's a high energy night, and mm. they are not a teacher that teaches that type. Their classes gen aren't just aren't high energy. Yeah, that they do better in a different time slot that right. fits with their energy as a teacher. Right, and so that's why it's you know with yoga works. Uh, I will say, because before it was Tranquil Space, it was all vinyasa. Yeah. All class. There was yin and restorative yeah. and then toddlers and yeah. babies and stuff yeah. and prenatal. But it was majority vinyasa. Mm-hmm. And what I like about what I'm doing now mm-hmm. is there's these other elements and these other teaching styles. Right. And it is now really figuring out a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Like what works at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays, not necessarily the same class that's going to work at 7 p.m. on Thursday, because Thursday is just a lower energy night. It is. It definitely so is. So it needs to be a different class and a right. different teacher. Totally. So it doesn't always coincide that one works on one night that works on another. Right. And and then there's the added sort of like, you know, curveball component of the teacher herself or himself. It's yeah. like what the energy or the class might need is not exactly what the teacher is able or, you know, right. wanting to deliver. Right. And, and then teachers grow and change. So oh my gosh, totally. if numbers start to change for a teacher there, then it's like figuring out. And Isn't it's that so interesting? Like Carol Collins and I had a conversation. She's like, I'm actually not really just teaching vinyasa. It's more alignment mm-hmm. kind of based mm-hmm. and a little slower. And mm-hmm. so it was like, okay, well, let's change the class. Yeah. So to people, fit what right. you're teaching. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and it made me think of something else. Oh, which is just the threading the needle of, you know, offering, you know, the classes on a class schedule that, you know, little communities are sprouting out of in each, like, classes case or teacher's case, but also on that particular night because it's like who's at the front, who's at the desk, like... You know, what's going... I mean, I've never... Who's at the front desk directly impacts, too, how everybody feels as they walk in the door. Oh, my gosh, doesn't it? And yeah. so you learn that all also as you built Tranquil Space alongside Kim, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, oh, gosh, how the how the front desk... So, yeah, I feel like telling the story about how at Boundless Yoga, um, my husband was rebuffed at the front <laughs> desk by a woman behind she was like no you can't come in your week pass is expired oh no <laughs> he goes are you really we didn't know each other we didn't i didn't even he said you're gonna send me back out on the street you're literally you're not gonna let me you're gonna like turn away customer she's like yep and she was you know a librarian she just wasn't 
a customer service. I don't mean saying librarians aren't cut, but she just was not cut. It just and I I just missed their customer service in a different way. Yeah, because that's right. That's absolutely right. She's like, I have lots of detailed things I can recommend to you, but you're not going to come into the class. Yeah. she bounced him out. <laughs> And we met at a bar a couple of weeks later, and he was like, oh, you own that place? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and had to work my way back. How funny. That is so <laughs> ironic, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Yeah, he still married me. Love you, honey. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, so basically, the who is at the front desk impacts it so much. So how has it, so how has it been transitioning from Tranquil Space to, you know, Yoga Works? That's what a lot of people listening, I think, are going to want to hear. And, you know, the... It can be a lot or a little or nothing because we're talking about all of these aspects of that change. Yeah. But it's been a big one, you know? It was a big one. It was a big one. It was um it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean I'm sure. very to very honestly. It was very heartbreaking. It was heart wrenching. Mm. It was um a feeling of betrayal. It was it was lots of things from someone who I had known for a really long time, though I totally if Kimberly's listening, I totally understood, mm-hmm. of course, the whys. Yeah. But, you know, that logical brain versus your emotions and your emotional attachments. Um, so it was very, star- and I had to go through a lot of mourning. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, lucky for me, I sort of knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I figured out a lot of the signs prior to it being announced. Yeah. Um, reading the room see again <laughs> you can so yeah so I, I kind of I knew before mm. the community knew mm-hmm. but it still didn't make it yeah. really easy yeah. and um it's one of those things as the person I think I, I feel like I can say it now two years mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. um it was a lot of like I had to hide and stuff a lot of my grieving mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. Because I needed to be there for the 50 teachers that were trying to space. Yeah, I wondered that so, the whole time. And the community. For you, yeah. And the community of my students. Because yeah. actually it got announced. Everybody got the email Monday night. Mm. after I And I knew the email was going out while I was teaching. Oh, <laughs> my God. And then I had so to teach hard. the 7 a.m. the next morning. Uh, so it was, it was a very emotional week. Mm. But um, it was one of those things that I had to do my grieving in a different way because mm. I... I wanted to be there for the teachers that I cared a lot about, mm-hmm. um, that I had worked with. And, for, it meant, and most of them I had trained and hired. Oh my gosh. So Yeah, so it and it meant it meant the the sort of like what what did it feel like? You know, because ba- when Boundless closed, oh my God. I mean I did it's huge. I morning. stopped teaching. I didn't think I was gonna teach again. My husband no. had to push me out of the house when Julie Eisenberg needed a sub because that woman she worked taught for me and it's boundless coast, but Naomi, Naomi can't remember her last name. And he was like, it's no risk. Just walk down the street. <laughs> it's in Petworth where you live and walk home. And I was like, I, uh. and I, you know, I cried at the yeah, end of my first sure class back because I was like, why have I, why, why, why did I stop doing this? So I only say that because the grieving I went through was so hardcore. Like yeah. just no, you know, we, there was the community in boundless's case, just, disbanded because there wasn't a physical place to go anymore and you guys were and I'm just projecting entirely but in the grieving process you keep showing up at the same space but it's not the same space right and it's people from elsewhere it's people from you know other regions like kind of telling us how to do things and I say us in this case I'm going to put the runt with DuPont at the moment and say that we were experiencing many of the same cultural DC yoga issues that the people coming in to manage just missed. I mean, it just didn't 
know what how to handle this community. Yeah. Like as it's DC, but specifically with regard to you guys, what was that like? It was it was it was hard. It was a lot of um, question and yeah, that's what I was. There was a lot of questions and. I mean, I, I know I don't say this to toot my own horn, but oh my god, I, know I wish you happened. would. I'll toot it, toot toot. <laughs> um, <laughs> since I stayed on board mm-hmm. as teacher manager prior and yeah. stayed on board, um, it, I know it made a lot of people feel like everything was eventually going to be okay mm-hmm. because the person that they had as their manager stayed. Yeah, exactly. And I kept moving forward, holding it down. Because um, I'm also just one of those people that I was kind of like, okay, it's either I'm, I'm gonna jump and change yeah. or I gotta figure out how to make this work for yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what I love to do. Um this is my passion and I love right. it and it's my job. Right. And I'm gonna figure out how to make it work. And yoga works putting us on like, you know, W twos and you know I don't know how tranquil, tranquil space, space ran into also W twos. Yeah. Yeah. In the end. So that part was also. an easy transition. That yeah. Was which is which is which is no joke because um being able to know your paycheck is coming on time and you know yeah. all that stuff is is a is just being an employee is yeah. an advantage you yes, know having is. the place like open unlocked when you're I mean all those yeah. small things I tell the guys at the front desk all the time I mean I've said this to you how many times in emails it is re- it, it it's unimaginably hard to run a yoga studio the number yeah. of details like just Pierno on this brought on this on this podcast was saying if anybody thinks that they go in or something she's something if you go in, you think you go into Running a yoga studio, if you think you're going to make any money, you're crazy. Yep. She was just like, you're crazy to think it's like a really profitable. Like a cash cow. <laughs> yeah. I do not it's know an energy where. energy drain. <laughs> yeah. I said, it is. It totally it is. is. It is. Yeah, it is not a cash cow. It is an energy drain. <laughs> and that's, but of course. I mean, in a lovely way. Exactly. Like, having run Triangle Space Bethesda, we yeah. did that for five years. Yeah. And I realized during that, I was like, I am not a studio owner. This yeah. is not it's for me. so stressful. Manage, yes. Run, own, no. I, very I do not want to be in charge of writing the checks. Well, that's Let me the have thing. somebody else that's do that. That's the thing. It's just so. so stressful. And the thing I always noticed, again, not, you know, is that, you know, just, well, anyway, you're here, you are in this like bubble doing yoga, but then every, every phone call you take, every email, every like bank statement that comes, like that's not, it's not that that's not yoga. It's just hard to jump over that chasm and reconcile what you're doing with the outside world and the hardness you have mm-hmm. to have. And then this, like everything we've talked about that you yeah. talked about, like that you're getting in classes. And I was going to ask you, do you, in the, in that case, a lot in the midst of the change, cause I sort of want to like see, a, not see a little light, but pull the light out that I see as an outsider into the former tranquil space community. And now all of us together as yoga works is that, you know, the, the 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 vibrancy of the connection between teachers and students tranquil space yeah. teachers and students is so real and it makes me think about how i don't remember any time i mean handful two or three in my career teaching where i've walked into the class feeling sad feeling sick feeling down feeling any kind of like negative emotion and not walking out of the class and just being filled with energy from having taught do you feel the same thing? oh i love it yeah right teaching is like in the escape and like my recharge a lot yeah yeah that's so well that's interesting so that's how you do it you get so recharged from the classes that it gives you all that energy yeah to do everything else that you do yeah because i just love i've 
truly, truly yeah. love teaching. I know. Namaste. I feel the same way. Yeah. You know, it's just it really. It, yeah. So, you know, we've got like a minute or two or something. And so I told as you before, we didn't even talk about being moms together as, you know, yoga practitioners, because um, I really would like to have this podcast have that like kind of off ramp, this chain. Yeah. yeah. Of just us talking about what it is. And so we talked about how we're both reading, we're both teaching trigonometry on the side <laughs> and writing our, you know, I'm just trying to help my son learn fractions. God's sakes. <laughs> no, my kids are in grade school. I'm like, thank God this is so easy still. Yeah. So what are you reading or what, how are you feeling? I know. Should we just laugh and end it there? Yeah. Cause <laughs> but, I, I'm really, I've, it's, I told Kim at the beginning that I'm still trying to read Becoming by Michelle Obama. Oh yeah. I'm like we, only halfway through. Two and pages a it's night. It's like a year later. Yeah. So here's to two pages a night before we fall asleep, like face plan in the book and wake up and do it all over again. <laughs> Siobhan is actually teaching at seven. I still, no, I'm not quite sleeping. Ah, oh, that would have been a good joke if I actually did, but no, I'm, I'm up with you. Just definitely not a seven a.m. Yeah, because you got teacher. kids to get to school. <sighs> yes, I do. I mean, I sometimes look at my watch and I'm like, are you guys leaving already? Because I'm like kind of ready to get to teaching yoga. And it's, it only has just started. Did you have that as a mom? Like, did you get to a point where you were like, oh, wait, oh, you're good. You guys are good. I can go do more of what I want to do in the world. I'm did... starting to get there with yeah. my daughter being 13. But yeah, then there's the nine-year-old boy that oh, still has yeah. to be a little... I'm selling mine out early. I'm, I'm only eight and ten and I'm done. <laughs> the 13-year-old can only Love do so guys. much to control her. Um, well, yeah, I know. that. Yeah, well, we've discussed that also. Well, so much more to talk about. Siobhan, Troy, yeah. thank you so much for coming Thanks, in Kim. and spending your time on the DC Yoga Podcast. Um, we'll look forward to you coming in for part two and all of the other conversations. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Thanks. Kim.